0: Uh, you know what, how they do in TV is you don't have a headset. on. You
1: but you do. You have that thing in you the have, back. You have, that comes, you have
0: one earpiece. Yeah.
1: That that the director.
0: Everything's. You can hear everything. You can hear yourself a little bit. Okay. Uh, you can hear the director, and that's about it.
1: Okay. And yeah. and is he saying? Is he giving you instructions?
0: You well, the producer or the director will, will be giving you instructions. They'll say, uh, "Joe, we're dropping the next item," or you know, oh, okay, stuff like that. yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. I, I always thought when that happens, I go, Art, "Don't they get like distracted?"
0: Is I always I've always asked them to to keep it brief. Okay, like really simple. Yeah, straightforward. It's one
1: word, just <laughs> one or
0: two words. Next item's gone. Okay, you
1: know whatever, right?
0: Because I okay. can't talk
1: in the phone. Or
0: Stretch it a little bit. Stretch it. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. <laughs> Because I can't talk on the phone, and if yeah, someone yeah. talks to me there, yeah, i yeah. got to tell somebody, be quiet or stop. i got. Yeah. I got to focus. That, that's well, you
0: can't talk. You can't reply because, uh, no, you because can't you're try. on the air, right? The- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have before. I've said, okay, is that, vi- is that video available? Is that video available? Just let me know. Okay? No, it's not. All right. Good.
1: <laughs> I hear that sometimes yeah. on radio. Yeah. Where, we're, where you know that they're talking to the producer. Right. On the other side of the glass. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but anyways. Live from
0: Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Okay, I'm Joe Tilley, a longtime CTV Toronto
1: sportscaster. Recently retired. Nice. How was retirement? It's good. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Good, good. Well, we'll talk about the retirement party. Yeah. that that you that, that you had, um, but one thing I so so what what I do before I sit down with somebody is I'll, I'll sit down, you know, the night before or sometime on the weekend, and I'll just start googling, you know, mm-hmm. the person I'm going to talk to. And one thing I didn't know, say you're cha- you were a championship boxer.
0: Yeah, I was uh, many years ago. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So so you you so I want to get into that, but you you were born in Edmonton.
0: Yes. Alberta. Yeah.
1: How how. I've only known you here. Not probably we haven't known each other, but right. uh, you know, I, I knew of you, you know, as as the CFTO sports guy. Um, but how how was life back in in, in Western Canada? Uh, well, cold uh, in Edmonton. <laughs> it's, it's it's cold,
0: but it's uh, you know it's not unlike any other canadian city there's uh it has lots of benefits Uh, every place has lots of benefits and Mm -hmm. every place has its drawbacks in in edmonton it just happens to be the drawback is is cold but you know summer's beautiful Mm -hmm. you know the nights are long in summertime and it's it's a nice nice town
1: and how did you get into boxing was that something that uh your parents or your dad or big brother was doing
0: well actually my dad did a little bit of that when he was a kid but uh uh the way it came about for me is uh I needed to do, to do something to change. My life was going uh, downhill pretty fast. I was getting into some trouble. I was dropped. out dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. I tried to get my life in order, and I thought that maybe one thing that could help me do that is 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 boxing, because I always felt that I might be successful at it. And uh, you know, people used to always say, "Joe, you got fast hands, man," and things <laughs> like that. And so, anyway, I. I uh, I decided I'd go down to the boxing gym and and try to straighten my life around, and uh, I got I got hooked and I got into hmm. it, and I uh, it became a, an, an obsession for me.
1: So, uh, you know, or are familiar with Spider Jones. Oh yes, yeah. So he's been in here before. Okay, and I think he talked about the same thing. He was getting in trouble, and sort of boxing yeah. was that outlet or sure. that thing to sort of keep him disciplined. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I just finished season 3 of The Wire. I don't know if you ever watched that TV show. Yeah. Um, but I think season 3 they they introduce a new character and this guy ends up starting to coach some of these kids in in boxing. What what is it, you know, sort of from your observation, what is it about boxing that kids that sort of are thinking about, I need to do something better, I need to straighten out my life, they sort of gravitate to to boxing?
0: Well, generally, it's kids that are, um, you know, your kids are in a little bit of trouble. You know, that kids are are just tend to be a little bit maybe scrappy. Mm. Uh, boxing is 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 looked at as an outlet for for maybe some of that violent energy. Uh, maybe mm. uh, in an outlet that's you know far better than than some of the outlets that you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh you know it is there's, there's something about you know just hitting the bag is awesome, you know just to get get that get that energy out, and, you know just get that anger out get this you know it's a good thing and and then you know uh getting to a point where you're having fights it's 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 fun, i enjoyed it,
1: yeah yeah, how was it you know different from uh being that guy that um you know word on the street was he had fast hands <laughs> you know to 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 being you know, confined it with within this squared circle where there's where there's actual rules of what you can and cannot do.
0: Well, I, there was there was no problem for me. I, I understood there's rules, and and uh, you know, I I wouldn't ever consider myself a dirty fighter anyway, mm-hmm. and, and and so uh, no, it was uh, I, I liked the discipline that was involved with that, and and uh, you know, the thing about about being in in, in a in an environment like that, a close environment, being in the ring. I mean, there's no place to run, right? There's no gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no place to go. And uh, you know what? When when you just give it your all. Mm -hmm. And if you're done, you're done. And uh, I liked it. You know, I liked that. I liked it. Uh, I liked the fact it was just me against uh, my opponent. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's, you know, nobody to depend on, rely upon. There's nobody to, to uh, fall back on. It's just I, I get the job done, or I don't. It's that simple as that.
1: Did it? Did you ever feel humbled, saying, "Oh my goodness, on the streets I was like this, in the ring I'm getting my ass whooped"? Well, no, it's it, it's yeah, I got humbled for sure. <laughs> I remember,
0: I remember my, I, I was I was nine and zero when I was going up to wow. Fort McMurray to, to fight a guy named uh, Wayne Bork, who's actually a local guy here, and he's he moved, he ended up moving to Toronto, and we okay. ended up fighting three times, but. And uh, he had had about 150 amateur fights. Oh, my goodness. A former Canadian champion. And, and uh, I, but I still thought I was going to beat him. And uh, we, I got up there and, and he knocked me on my butt. And I'd never been knocked down before, and it was like, "What happened? What happened?" Hmm. It was it was a like a really nasty bolo uppercut that he hit me with, and and I didn't even see it coming. And he put me on my my can. I mean, I got back up, I finished the fight, and I gave him some pretty good shots. Oh, too. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, but I lost the fight, and that was a, that was a humbling experience. And, hmm. and, and I wasn't, I was, I guess, I wasn't really prepared for it because I went there thinking that I was going to beat him.
1: Yeah, I always hear this, you know. Um, golden gloves champion like, what, what is golden gloves what is that all about well, most states
0: slash provinces uh, have golden glove tournaments so okay you know I won Alberta golden gloves I fought in BC golden gloves I uh you know fought like a local tournament. Vegas golden gloves I oh, fought okay. you know I fought you know all over the place so mm-hmm. in various golden gloves tournaments so um yeah so it's an invitational tournament Golden okay. Gloves are generally speaking or yeah they're always invitational tournaments they're mm-hmm. never like uh, just people from alberta for example in the alberta golden gloves they, they invite people from other provinces so generally when you win a golden gloves tournament it means you've beaten some people that you know from other provinces or states or whatever okay. yeah it's an invitational tournament. it's, it's good
1: you um I guess you represented your province in the in the Canada Games you were a bronze medalist? Well,
0: I, I at the Canadian Championships
1: I Canadian won a championships. bronze medal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. in uh
0: 1978 1981 was probably my best year. I uh but I broke my uh, I broke a knuckle in Ooh. the in the provincial championships and, and I you couldn't those. go to, I couldn't go to the nationals. Oh. But I uh, I had a really good I was I had a really good I I was in really good shape and and uh, and uh you know, I, I think I would have won the nationals that year, but say, LaVie.
1: What um, you you obviously didn't pursue it as a professional, or did you? No, no, no.
0: I mean, I had opportunities. Yeah. I, I, you know, there are people who expressed an interest in, in uh, representing me as a as a professional, but I didn't want to do that. That's about the time that I just pr- probably my my last year of boxing uh, coincided with my first year of doing broadcasts sports broadcast which was on the campus radio station at the University of Alberta that was my last uh, year at U- U- University of Alberta I started working for the campus radio stations doing a uh, sports cast every morning mm-hmm. and uh, some play by play stuff with for the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey team and
1: so you went back to school to sort of get this education to allow you to do that or was well, it sort Well you of know what you-
0: I I took drama I was going to be an actor okay and I was going to be an actor or a fighter mm-hmm. and then I decided I really liked this broadcasting thing, so okay. I so I started sending tapes out just as I was graduating, and I ended up getting a job shortly after I graduated in uh, in Red Deer. Okay. And uh, it's uh, TV
1: station radio. It was a TV
0: and radio station. Okay. So I did uh, radio broadcasts from five to ten at night, mm-hmm. and then at eleven thirty, I did a a TV sportscast. Mm. So what I do is I'd spend all my time writing the TV sportscast. Yeah. And I would just rip and read the news right from the from the wire. Sure. And you know, a funny story is is uh, um, the afternoon drive DJ, who was also our weatherman, yeah. was
1: a guy named Ron McLean. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Of course, Red Deer, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, so Ron was uh, you know he'd contribute a bit on the on the air when he heading into my newscast. and then he did the weather on at six o'clock, and then they taped that weather forecast for uh, for the eleven thirty show. And uh, then after, actually, after I left, Ron started doing the sports at the radio station, at the TV station, at the TV yeah, station. And, and yeah. In addition to doing his DJ stuff. Oh and my then, goodness. Then he ended up moving to Calgary, and, and uh, so you paved the, the way. Certain <laughs> working the well, I don't know if I did. But <laughs> I I my, see what happened to me is I, I was in Red Deer for about a year, just uh-huh. over a year, and I got a job in Lethbridge, okay, a, as a sports director, and it was just strictly TV. Okay. So uh, what I did is I I anchored the six o'clock sports cast. And then I, you know, I'd go out and do uh, Lethbridge Broncos at that time uh, hockey games, and mm-hmm. and Lethbridge Dodgers. So you're still on the air, but and, you're
1: also like a senior position. There. Yeah,
0: I'd cover the I'd cover any local sporting events that happen to be on that night, and and then uh, uh just put together a package for the news anchor to read for the eleven the eleven thirty show. they eleven, yeah, the eleven thirty show, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, I. Uh, you know, had stuff that to run for my show on the next next night at six o'clock.
1: And so, when when did the call from Toronto come? Well,
0: actually, I was in Lethbridge for ten months. Okay. And uh, I used to do a show also. Like uh, Lethbridge was fun. It was great, great work in there. I got sure. so much experience. I got to do everything. I did a half hour documentary on the Lethbridge Judo team. They had a very okay. successful <laughs> Judo team in a little town like Lethbridge. Sixty thousand people, or whatever they are, they were at that time, and they had, four, I think, four Olympians in judo. Oh wow! So I was uh, so there's it, something there. Yeah, they were a uh, very successful judo team, and so I did a, a documentary, and the station supported everything I did. I did a half hour weekly sports show called Sports Beat after Pat Marsden's show, hmm. which used to be on uh, every Saturday afternoon, and so um, in
1: Lethbridge, he was on it. Well, I was on. You were in so Lethbridge, I, I, yeah. I,
0: I did a half-hour show. Yeah. Like very much oh, like Oh, I see Pat what you're saying. Marzen okay, okay, show. okay. All right. And so, uh, uh, you know, we got a lot, a lot of our our material from CTV ah. Toronto because this was a CTV affiliate. So okay. At the time, CFTO. So we got a lot of our our, our material from C, CFTO, and uh, you know, Blue Jays stuff, and mm. in in the summertime, and and uh, you know leaf stuff in the in the winter time but we, we get we got a lot of material from them and plus we had our local stuff that i did compile through the week and i put together a half hour show every week mm-hmm. so i had a lot of fun there and then you know when it came time to start thinking about moving on my thoughts were okay what's the next step here i'm in lethbridge the sports director all right maybe i don't know regina maybe i'd like to get to edmonton eventually That was one of my, one of my goals um so anyway, I decided I sent a, a tape to Pat Mar- Marzen, who okay. was his sports director at CFTO, which is now CTV Toronto. And I sent him a tape, and the very next day, Fergie Oliver, who had been at the station for 22 That's years. That's right,
1: old Blue Jays guy?
0: Yeah, quit. Yeah, yeah, he quit because he he was doing the Blue Jays games, and and uh, he really didn't have time to fit the show in anymore. Right. So he told Pat, I'm going to just stick to doing the Blue Jays broadcast, and, and I'm going to quit. Wow. And Pat had just seen my tape, so he gave me a call, and then he, uh, he phoned me up and, and said, uh, well, we'd like to bring you in for an interview. So... Uh, they flew me in and I you know hooked up with Pat we had a great time he showed me around he took me to Maple Leaf Gardens and Old Exhibition Stadium and, sure. and uh, yeah we and, and Kensington Market and, and it was we had a we had a, we had a blast and then and then he took me to meet the uh, station uh, general manager and the uh, president of the company Douglas Bassett and, and uh, after being interviewed they decided that uh, they wanted to hire me so there you go I, I, mean, I was I was sending out the, the reason I sent Pat a tape, I sent him a tape uh, with a whole bunch of material on it, and said, asking him, what, what do you suggest I do next uh, with my career? And then the next thing you know, he's phoning me, asking me if I want a job in Toronto. In Toronto. So you weren't even was,
1: looking uh, there. You were just hoping well, just asking of, for some advice.
0: I just well, hoping for advice. And then I guess maybe in the back of my mind, thinking, You know, if I, if I, you know, get in, uh, sort of establish a rapport with Pat, it might be helpful, beneficial down the road. I didn't. Soon that he'd be hiring
1: me but that's how it worked out. wow so you come in was it 1984 84 yeah to toronto was it at the Agent court studios is that where yep. they've always been always been there okay yeah um how how was it now, now you're going from covering the judo team in lethbridge <laughs> to i guess the leafs the, the jays, jays yeah the argos yeah, yeah now back I- then who was the big team like who was the big sports team for toronto back in well, the you, you know
0: what? It's always been the Leafs. It's always been okay. It's always been the Leafs, and yeah? it probably always will be the Leafs. Even with
1: was it? I guess it was Ballard that was. That yeah, was. Ballard tried tried his best
0: to uh, <laughs> destroy the franchise, but, but no, he uh, he the, the, the people just always have loved the Leafs, and, and it's uh, it's it's embedded in the fabric of this city, and it'll always be. I mean, you know, the Blue Jays won back-to-back World Series, and it was spectacular, it was fantastic, but it, it's nothing compared to what would happen if
1: if and when the may police finally win well tell me so i mean you're from edmonton so yeah. in 84 the oilers win i was there um yeah so like what were you did they I, send you from here i was to working there? in lethbridge oh so you're okay so you're still there working. And, okay. and i
0: i had my family's from edmonton yeah we happened to be in edmonton the weekend that the uh, game five of the uh, stanley cup uh, final was being played uh-huh and uh you know they'd I think they got swept by the Islanders the year before that. Of
1: course, yeah. And then,
0: uh, but here they were up three games to one, and I, I called Bill Tuelli, the uh, then public relations uh, guy for for the Oilers, and mm-hmm. said, you know, he told tell him who I was. Told him I was in town, and I'd like to come to the game. And he said, yeah, no problem, we'll set you up. So I get to the uh, to the uh, Northlands Coliseum, and I've got a press pass. It's got my name on it, and it says all access. All access. So all access. So I go up to the uh, I go up to the press box and I watch the game and it was spectacular. And then you know, near the end of the game, when when you know, Messier throws off his gloves, he throws a stick. Yeah, gets on his knees and just looks up into the into the uh, in, into the stands. Where his parents and his family were sitting, it was just a, be- a beautiful moment, and everything was about that game was was unbelievable. And then going to the dressing rooms, uh, dressing room after, and drinking so you're not champ- covering,
1: you're not covering this for anybody. No, I'm so not. You're, you're not just there, all, just
0: there. But of course, I brought all, all those memories back with me, and and, uh, and and talked about it when I was when I returned to work on on the Monday. Sure. And uh, and so uh, yeah, so I was in the dressing room drinking champagne of the Stanley Cup. And, oh my goodness. Yeah, and it was just a great uh, great experience a lot of fun can
1: you imagine that happening in toronto
0: oh god it would be, <laughs> it'd be it'd be unbelievable what do you think of this year's team a lot of people are are you seem a good, very impressed. very good team very good team yeah yeah i i would say that they've uh, you know it, people in in this city are a little bit jaded you know like it, of it's course. A, 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 i think people have a hard time getting their heads around the fact that this might be a team that can can contend because you know they've been burnt so many times before mm-hmm. really but by uh, you know getting falling in love with teams that didn't quite have what it took i think this team is maybe not quite there but certainly getting there mm-hmm. they've got all the right pieces and it you know it all starts at the top you know mm. with shanahan and and and, and uh, lou i mean it just it just filters down from there and they've done everything right yeah. You know, and and uh, and they seem to do everything right now. It's all about you got to have a little bit of luck on your side always in terms sure. of injuries and everything else. Like obviously, if this injury to Austin Matthews turns out to be something significant or or recurring, it's that, that changes everything. But uh, I think I don't think it's going to be that way. And and uh, you know that being the case, it's it's uh, it's a matter of time, and it could happen as early as this year, I believe. It could really wow. happen that that fast because. You know they've they've got a goaltender who can steal games for them. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, they've got a very potent offense, and they've got a defense that's that is a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for.
1: Hmm. Do you still follow Edmonton?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know what? they I, seem to have been. I, I was on always this- an Edmonton Oilers fan. Yeah. Growing up there, but you know what? I got I got turned off I got turned off when when uh, when they dealt Gretzky. Really, I lot. really did wow because uh i just uh End of thought, the this is unbelievable you, you can't do this and and uh, they did it mm-hmm. you know and uh, so i've I just never i was never i mean i i like to see them do well i i do mm-hmm. you know i was i was hoping last year that they'd go all the way yeah uh not quite but uh you know they they did well and and then this year total collapse and i just I didn't see it coming and
1: yeah what's with the team cuz they've got all this talent they it seems they seem to have individual pieces of like just amazing pieces that other teams would they made some do some over. some
0: deals that weren't great hmm. uh you know they they had a lot of uh, they put a lot of stock in Cam talbot their goaltender yeah. and he hasn't he hasn't panned out the way that they thought he was going to it's not you know like you know Freddie Anderson had a great year last year. Yes, yes. And 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 he's having another great year this year. Cam Talbot had a great year last year. This year he's he's at the best ordinary.
1: Mm-hmm. You've had a chance to to interview, I guess. You know, bring it together your former career at boxing uh, with broadcasting to to talk to a lot of I guess heroes of yours, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, have you talked to like Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis? You oh, yeah, I've
0: talked to Lennox talk many times. I, yeah. I, I went to... I, I, the, back in the day, we used to have... Yeah, like George is a good friend. George is a good friend. Uh, yeah, I've known uh, George a long, long time. I've known... I mean, back in the day, they used to send me to, to uh, Vegas to cover the fights. Hmm. Back in... in like Douglas Bassett used to send me there to, mm-hmm. to, to Vegas to do all the fights. and I mean, it was a very, very nice gesture on his part, oh, but he knew he imagine. knew that I was had the affiliation with uh, boxing and, and, uh, an affinity for the sport. And I that, so I, I, I was there when uh, Lennox Lewis defended his title for the first time. I was there when Donnie Lalonde fought Sugar Ray, Ray Leonard and I was there when uh, Tyson came back to fight in his comeback fight against Peter McNeely. So yeah, I got a chance to interview all those mm-hmm. folks and, and uh, yeah. And Lennox being from, from Kitchener and yeah. living in Toronto most of his, most of the time I got lots of opportunity to talk to him and yeah. So uh, does,
1: does Lennox Lewis get his due as, as a, as a really g- like one of the top heavyweights do you, or, or what do you, what it do you, depends thoughts who on you him? talk to? I think, you know, it's
0: funny, but I think he gets a lot more due outside of this country than he does in mm. this country. I think pe- some people got upset when he, when he, uh, when he took his act to Britain, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, because uh, because he was a, he was born in Britain, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 born in England, spent some time in Jamaica, moved to Kitchener when he was 12, learned how to box, learned how to, be, you know, play basketball and all the other sports he used to play in Canada. Basically, always considered himself Canadian. Sure. But when he turned pro, after winning a gold medal for Canada... The support wasn't there. I remember going to a, I think it was his third or fourth pro fight at the Superstars Nightclub in Mississauga, and they didn't even
1: sell out. Wow!
0: And this is a, an Olympic gold medalist, gold medalist. undefeated, heavyweight, ma- making his fourth pro fight or whatever. Yeah. He he didn't didn't get the support. Hmm. So he gets a, he gets a ridiculous financial offer to go to uh, England. And uh, he takes he takes that offer and and, and and who wouldn't you know he gets right. a flat in London and he gets like millions and mm-hmm. and which is a lot more than he would have got here in Toronto and they just weren't able to, to build the the interest. So I mean a lot of people got upset of, to, to uh, upset about Lennox for that, right mm-hmm. Whereas I, Totally believe that Toronto just never supported him the yeah. way the way that he should have, and, and you know, there's always this, you know, this yeah, but he's not really a Canadian because he wasn't born here and yada yada yada. But sure, he was Canadian. He's just Canadian as everybody every other Canadian. If you're Canadian, you're Canadian. In a story, yeah. And, and so, uh uh you know, he fought for the Canadian flag. He won a gold medal for Canada. He was a proud Canadian. Sure. And uh you know, the fact that he wasn't supported in Canada, I don't begrudge him at all mm-hmm. for going to London. Anybody in that situation would have done the same thing yeah. if they had any sense at all. Of
1: course. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, you know, and so, you know, because he moved to Britain and, and uh, he was now, you know, basically fighting for Britain, mm-hmm. he's still Canadian. Yeah. But he, you know, he had the British flag and that ticked a few people out, but you know what? that's, your bread is buttered on one side and you know which side of that is yeah okay so that's what that's what he did and and uh and uh i don't begrudge him at all for that he became an incredible heavyweight champion Mm -hmm. undisputed Mm -hmm. destroyed every you know fighter in his path you know beat all the beat the guys that tyson couldn't Mm -hmm. destroyed tyson that's right and uh you know just was the pound you know pound for pound greatest fighter in the world at the time sure and uh and and
1: one of the all time great heavyweight champions, no doubt about it. Yeah, you, you've, you've had some time to spend. You're a good friend of yours, George Chivalo. Yeah, um, you know, for people like me who didn't follow, uh, I guess he was even before my time uh, that that he was he was active. What does what does George mean to to boxing in Canada? You feel? Well, he's he's just he is a, a
0: legend, and he he sort of I think he he typified. Every Canadian. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, like, you know, it's like he didn't win the heavyweight championship, but he should have. Okay. When he fought Floyd Floyd Patterson in in, uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, he won that fight. Hmm. But he didn't get the decision. Uh, He fought every single... He was uh, had, had absolutely no fear. He fought everybody. He fought Foreman. He fought Fraser. He fought Ali twice. He fought every great fighter of his time. He beat beat guys like uh, Jerry Corey and Cleveland Williams and and guys who were top rank guys, guys who were undefeated, mm-hmm. and and he uh, you know he he beat beat most of them, and. uh, but he was a guy who wasn't who wasn't afraid. He was gritty, and he kept coming. And he kept coming. And he kept coming, and he, and he wouldn't quit. He never knocked off his feet in mm-hmm. 96 professional fights, and I think that sort of it, it typifies you know, the the Canadian culture. I believe you know it typifies mm-hmm. who we are. You know we're tough. We're gritty. You know we're 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 like hockey players, right? We're 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 tough guys that, that can go through stuff, and, and we're, you know, we go through rough winters, and we we uh, yeah. we, we handle that, and, and we uh, you know we can handle anything you throw at us, right? And that's kind of what George is 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 representative of uh, you know, and, and more than just in the ring, right? In and outside of the ring, George has gotten more thrown at him than probably any human being that I've ever heard of. Yeah, and yet you know
1: here here he is still standing. You know, I th- I think my favorite boxing fight. Is is your favorite boxing fight as well, the Sugar Ray Leonard, marvelous Marvin Hagler fight. That was awesome. I remember that watching awesome. that as a kid, yeah. and I, I think, and I remember starting yeah. a scrapbook then of Sugar yeah, Ray yeah. Leonard. Yeah, but um, that was a great fight. I, I, yeah,
0: Hearns Hearns and uh, Hagler was a great fight too. Okay, that was only three rounds or four rounds, but <laughs> it was it was probably three. I think it was three rounds. Yeah, yeah, three of the best rounds of of boxing you'll ever ever see
1: and wasn't it if i remember wasn't it that like almost like a comeback fight for sugar a or didn't he sort of oh, retire fought, for a bit
0: when he fought Hearns? or no, or when, no, he, no when, when he, he fought he Hagler? Fought, yes when he fought Hagler, yeah, yeah, when he fought Hagler it yeah, was yeah. a comeback fight yeah yeah well uh, leonard leonard was my favorite fighter back yeah. in the day and i i just uh, i used to love uh watching him fight and uh uh you know he 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 had a lot of good really really good fights mm-hmm. really good fights and uh you know he 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 was another guy who really brought it and really came to to fight and and uh, yeah, that fight against Hearns, we had to come back, you know, he was down in that fight. He was losing the fight. Mm-hmm. If he didn't knock Hearns out, he would have lost the fight by decision, so that was pretty important. and then when he when he when he beat Marvin Hegler, so many people thought it was impossible. That's right. Because what Hagler did to Hearns he and what Hagler mean did. He was, and, yeah. yeah, he was a mean and nasty guy. But Leonard got in his head. He knew how to get in his I head. I think so. And uh, he did know how to get in people's heads. And, hmm. But you know, Roberto Duran got in, in, into his head. So you know, he knew he, the the, uh, the script was flipped when that happened. Yeah. But uh, well, fredo benitez when uh, I think when uh, was one of uh, Hearns's group, or, it's, or uh, Leonard's great fights too. I forget about that one. But yeah, there, he had a lot of really fantastic fights.
1: Around that time Canada had some um some great boxers. Um you said Lalon, Donnie Lalon yep. was one. Is it Sean O'Sullivan? Yeah. Was another one and I'm probably forgetting a bunch. Willie DeWitt. Uh that's right. He was yeah. like a heavyweight, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um where's Canadian boxing today, do you think? Well, it's coming back. There's mm-hmm. some there's some
0: uh there's some good young uh fighters in this country. There's you know, there's uh they're not getting the kind of uh of uh, you know uh, coverage that they used to get back in the day, but uh, you know there's there's some really good fighters. Montreal is a great fight town. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of good fighters in Montreal. There's some good up and coming fighters here in in, in in Toronto as well. So I mean it's it's uh, out west. Edmonton is a big fight town. Um,
1: yeah, there's there's some good young fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to chat about very quickly your your thoughts on boxing today you know and I, I guess you know there's two sides to the coin there is the boxing is dead argument um and then a friend of mine i'm, I'm sure he's a colleague of yours as well um morgan campbell yeah who writes for the star he's, yep. a, he's a big boxing fan as well who uh, who who on the other side of the coin argues that boxing is alive and doing amazing maybe not in in the u.s or in north america they said worldwide, it's bringing in numbers or filling stadiums with with boxing matches. I'm curious oh, about your thoughts.
0: Yeah, Europe is is, is huge. Uh, uh, David Hay, I mean, there's there's lots of good fighters over in in uh, in, in Europe, and and it's never it's never even wavered. You hmm. know, in Germany, uh, um, all throughout Europe, there, uh, Russia. I mean. Um, the two Ukrainians, the Klitschko's. I mean, mm-hmm. the you know, if, uh, the the fight game has never wavered one iota in in Europe. I mean, it's always been big. North America, yes, it, it has. But but even spots in North America, Los Angeles and in uh, Texas, and uh, you know, uh, there's there's huge huge. Uh, uh, Successful, you know, I, you know, all all through the the U.S. South, it, boxing is big. Boxing is huge. They have some really big cards. Uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, has become a promoter. He's got a lot of, He's got a really
1: that's right. Good yeah, stable
0: yeah. of fighters. And, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of. I mean, boxing is very successful in the southern U.S. and could make a comeback at any time. All you need is is a you know a fighter or two that just uh, captures the um, you know the, the imagination of the of the of the country, and and you know it's right back where it was.
1: As a boxing fan, you have any thoughts on MMA? Yeah,
0: MMA is okay. I mean, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, I, I, I can I can watch it in, yeah. in, 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 in bits of it, right? Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not a big I wouldn't call myself a big MMA fan, but mm-hmm. I, I can watch it. And uh, but what I like about the MMA is you know is when they're when they're doing the stand up to the striking right sure of course as a boxing guy, and, yeah. and uh, you know the uh, some of the stuff when you know sometimes when it, when a guy gets knocked down and he's clearly out of it and the guys jumping on right away and, and giving it to him it's it's it, it turns my stomach a little bit mm. because you know the you know the guys hurt and yeah. he, he, the fight should be stopped i mean boxing it is stopped when a guy goes down it's, he stops yeah. he gets an eight count or it's over Mm-hmm and uh so that that's what i like about boxing that really that they don't have an mma in it and that's part of it that's that part bother, bothers
1: me mm. i want to get back to sports yeah sort of your career There, there was a, a couple of things that um you sort of brought out one was swiss picks oh yeah yeah actually i need to ask you this okay because on twitter your your handle is joe swiss tilly right um where does swiss come from
0: Okay, so way back in the day when yeah. I first started in my career, um, there used to be an a, a NFL broadcaster, uh, color guy named uh, Jimmy the Greek Snyder, right? Okay. All right, so there's <laughs> Jimmy the Greek. And Jimmy the Greek always did his picks on the NFL games. And uh, so my, my real last name is Tillipaw, right? Okay. When I came to Toronto, they shortened it to Tilly. <laughs> And these w- were different times. These, okay. of course,
1: yeah. And uh, like John Cougar Mellencamp, they liked right? <laughs> really
0: blah kind of, uh, you know, they, yeah, exactly. They they used to like you uh, uh, really like non-ethnic names. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. And, and back in the day, uh, and so I, I, I became Tillipaw became Tilly, but Tillipaw is a Swiss name. Oh. Yeah, okay. it's actually a, a derivative of, 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 of Dollenbach de la bas it's the same it's the same name and it, it uh, my ancestors came over from Switzerland back in the 1700s uh, well first to the states and eventually to Canada but um, so that's that's where the the, the the Swiss name came from because my name was Swiss I, I was
1: Joe the Swiss the Swiss me-
0: and that started when I was in in Lethbridge.
1: Not as and, a boxer.
0: No, no. no, no but, but, <laughs> that, that wouldn't strike nickname, fear. <laughs> yeah, my nickname, it, fun, funny enough, it used to be Piston Fists, which is a funny <laughs> name. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, um, so I became Joe the Swiss. And whenever I ever did my predictions for any
1: sport, I just, my, my Swiss picks. And I, I'm trying to remember back, I, I didn't research this on YouTube, but did you used to wear these hats? Or something like that. No, what no. What am I thinking
0: uh, of? No, Lance Brown did. Was that Lance he Brown? He did the El predict- Predicto. Ah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did the El Predicto, and he wore the Mexican he and did wear sombrero. The Me- <laughs> and he did the El Predicto, and he put a little mustache on, and he, yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
1: That that is hilarious. That's and another a, one was was the excellent sports adventure. Yes. And these are sort of like highlights yeah. or lowlights. Well,
0: when I first started uh, doing it, it was the Swissonian Institute. Okay. So items that were good enough to be inducted into the Swissonian Institute. <laughs> so each week we do the the Smithsonian Institute, and then uh, uh, an editor who worked at our place, his name was Ted Fabro. Uh, Ted suggested that we put together some uh, highlights with add sound effects. Okay. And I said, sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so he he started helping me to to write. The uh, the uh, scripts and, and actually he he would he would pick the video and and, and then and he what the video that you know we had we have several options for video at that time ABC CBS and NBC and you know and then our own stuff and, and so he'd go through the the feeds and pick pick the video and and, and uh, then together we'd sit down and write it mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I thought you know really Ted you sh- you're, you're putting so much time into this you should be part of this. Mm-hmm. So then we started the Joe and Ted's excellent sports adventure. I
1: think I remember so the, the video. Yeah, the yeah.
0: Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. or the Swissonian, I should say. Yeah. Sorry, the Swissonian uh, became the uh, Joe and Ted's excellent sports adventure, and that was back when we had a show every Sunday night called Sports Beat Today.
1: Now is this before Global? What did Global come well, up? Oh, Global with? had. Uh,
0: global sports, had, uh, line? sports line sports line no global sports line started i think in 85 or something like oh, that or maybe 84 okay. i think i think bob mccown started sports that's line. right mm-hmm. and uh, maybe 83 84 and then uh and then Hepsi and Taddy. that's uh, right you know when bob left uh Hepsy and Taddy uh, took over and you know they they branded that
1: mm-hmm. it was a good
0: show uh and uh that
1: was it. This is before TSN, so, this oh, is yeah, before this ESPN. Before
0: TSN started, they, yeah. they, they got things going and, and and then when TSN came in, they still did very well. They were yeah. they're a good local show and, and uh, but over time, you know, TSN with its resources, it, it, it it's mm-hmm. just really hard to you know, and then when they started getting uh, really good properties and you know, it, it was it was a uh, tough for Sportsline to really uh, compete with that. Mhm. And, uh, but we had a sports beat today show, which was, uh, on Sunday afternoons. Okay. It was to wrap up the weekend. Sure. So we ran at six 30. So we had the six o'clock news from six to six 30. And at six 30, we started, uh, actually I proposed a show to Douglas Bassett and, uh, he liked the idea. Went and took it home over, uh, took it on a vacation and my the proposal and came back and him and Joe Garwood and. And uh, said, "Let's do it." So and that, that the, was so you and Lance, uh, Jimmy and Jerry Dobson. You and Jerry Dobson. I remember Jerry Dobson. Yeah. So oh Jerry my and I used to host that show, and, yeah. and uh, Jerry was the sports director back then. And, and <laughs> oh uh, wow, we host uh, Sports Beat today, and, and it was a lot of fun. We, it was, uh, you know, that's when, that's when the Swissonian Institute was big, and and then uh, we changed over to during that show, Joe and Ted's excellent sports adventure. Wow. Yeah.
1: Now were you were you doing the six o'clock, like the the sports at the six o'clock hour, or were you doing the later one? Or did uh, you do both? Well, depends on the day, right?
0: Okay. So uh normally but for many, many years my my I did the eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Just the eleven thirty show. Yeah. From like probably and sports beat today on yeah. Sunday. So Monday to Friday, um from say 87, 86, 87, until two thousand fifteen. I did the 1130 show.
1: So there's 11 o'clock news and then you come on at 1130?
0: Uh, 11 o'clock is the national news. National news, yeah. And then 1130 is the local news. Okay. So it's part of the local news package for, mm. you know, like, you know, 30 years.
1: Yeah. Because I think I used to watch you and then right after you would be Letterman. Yeah. I think I think yeah. is, is how my schedule, yeah, was. So now, now schedule was, would now, run.
0: Now to the news, it's uh, the daily show.
1: Now it's a deal yeah. yeah and
0: uh, so anyway so that's that's uh, I love that show
1: yeah
0: <laughs> the daily show so um, uh, that was uh, and then a couple of years ago when uh, things started the first set of cutbacks came in uh, sure. now I started working uh, five days a week but started working weekends I started picking mm-hmm. up I picked up the shows left by Sunil so I was doing Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. both shows and Wednesday Thursday Friday. Just Lake Shore. Mm-hmm. So for the last two years I was there. I was doing wow. weekends.
1: You must have seen tons of changes starting from 1984. Oh you know, for, forget about you know TSN entering, but I don't know technology coming in. Like, well, we, do you remember some of these changes? <laughs> oh my God! We, when we
0: first started there, some of the stuff we shot was on was on film, hmm. and then and then it was on th- three quarter tape. Then it was on half inch tape. Then we used to record. Everything downstairs and was at CTV was called the pit we would record programming and I would have to go through and pick pick uh, excerpts from this these this one inch tape mm-hmm. that we'd like for example during the Olympics what a, what a way to start 1984 the summer of 84 I started Last, okay. Los
1: Angeles was 84
0: yeah. yeah so I got the we got the Olympics the Argos were playing, the Jays were playing, yeah, and all all at the same and time. Star- yeah, yeah, wow. I remember the first weekend. I remember my first show, it was a Saturday, and uh, I was just running my tail off. And uh, I had one of the editors, uh, Bobby Oda, was helping me rip scripts. <laughs> so they could, because we hmm. used to type out our scripts, okay? Wow. There was no computers back in those days. We used to type out our scripts. On Two fingers? Six. Is that- six yeah, yeah a, Six copy carbon. <laughs> so the, 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 the last carbon copy was... Pretty much useless, but you know. So that I would get the top copy because I, I needed needed to have the desk. The autocue person would get the second copy because we we went and needed a good copy for autocue Actually, they would get the first copy. Uh, second copy I, well, I would have for the desk. Third copy would go to the director. Fourth would go to the production assistant. Fifth would go to audio. My and goodness. The, so anyway, uh, you know, and then of course you're you're typing these, these these script papers out and you make a mistake. oh no. <laughs> And if you make too many mistakes, you just got to tear it out and start over again. So it was quite a time. It was it was different. So uh, anyway, so I had to pick all my own video, and write all my own scripts, and uh, fill like uh, I think for the early show we filled like eight minutes, and for the late show I had to fill thirteen or fifteen or something like that. Hmm. It was a lot of a lot of work for one yeah. person. That's for sure it was hmm. insane.
1: So TSN coming into the marketplace. Um, when when was that? Was that early eighty five or eighty six? Oh, so that's soon after, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what did that do to sports coverage? What did that do to well? You know, pressure. Uh, to, you know what?
0: It, to for us, nothing. Okay, nothing. Everything stayed okay. the same. I mean, you know, like we we. I mean, CFTO was number one in the market for many many Huge years. Toronto station, is. right? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, so it wasn't really. I wouldn't even consider them my competition because what I do is, you know, I'm part of a. I was part of a newscast, right? Mm, of uh, course, you know, the news, the weather, the sports, the entertainment, all that stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I and I and I had the the sports. And now, for the average viewer back then, you could get the entire package. You could, if you watched us, for example, at six at eleven thirty. 11 o'clock you get the national news everything all the national international mm-hmm. news is on then at eleven thirty, all the local news is on mm-hmm. and then the, the, all the local sports is on so if you're a toronto person you want to see what the leafs and, sure and we could all we, i could always do a good job of covering the local teams mm-hmm. and then i'd throw in like a lot of, you know a lot of local stuff right mm-hmm. stuff that you never see on tsn or any other stations you know for example the marley's sure. or you know now i mean uh but uh OHL highlights or you know uh, we'd go shoot a high school football game sometimes like mm-hmm. a big high school football game and it's just something like that or you, you, I tennis I attended to, to send a lot of a lot of cameras out to shoot university sports and, sure. and cover that and some uh, college so we, we uh, you know we we, uh, we covered it all and our, our our I would say that probably back in the day like it took it took TSN a long, long time to build a viewership you know, mm-hmm. I mean, especially for their for their newscasts, right? For their, sure. their sportscasts. I mean, you know, they do great now. Oh, of course. And if you if, if and the uh, and if you and you know where to go, uh, you know, to watch sports. But back mm-hmm. in the day, it was like. Uh, you could sit down and watch our, our show, our half hour show, and get all the local news and get all the local sports and everything you need. Get
1: everything and you need. Yeah. Go to bed. There so. wasn't this need for I need to know it now as no. soon as it happens. Well, no, because now it's it's a
0: different world. You know, people are on the on the mm-hmm. internet, and you know, I'm, I'm getting updates. Okay, the second period's over. The Leafs leads two one. Yeah. Right. I've got that. You know, was that
1: the was that the next big change when when the internet came around and people were looking oh. for information at their fingertips?
0: Yeah, that was uh that was a big change.
1: Yeah. And uh you
0: know that has changed the television continues to industry. change, yeah. T- continues to, to change that. I mean millennials I don't believe are going to ever watch TV. Yeah. They they watch it differently, gonna, don't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's yeah. it's a different if it's it's a different world. Uh, I mean they might watch a little bit. They might watch the uh, the occasional game and stuff like that, but you know, it, it's it's they're walking around with their handhelds or their tablets and they're watching stuff now. Mhm. And so that's that's a different that's that's changed the landscape completely. Yeah, and uh, so you know it's it's it's
1: it's a different ballgame now. Yeah. So I mean, so the internet comes around, social media, yeah, comes around. How did how did that impact?
0: Well, for the longest time, I I basically I ignored social media. Okay, yeah. I never I never like I never became a I never joined Facebook for example until mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And same with Twitter, I was really you know kind of a a late guy coming out with twitter but I, I i finally did open up a twitter account i do some tweeting from time to time. <laughs> but uh you know it's uh yeah it, it's it's different and uh it, it changed things a lot um, you know you can find stuff out immediately yeah and you know people don't want to wait i don't think they want to wait for a newscast right sure. Why, you know, why we, you know, we can see it now. But the problem is, is all this stuff has to emanate from somewhere. Somebody has to produce it originally. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there has to be sources.
1: Yeah. You know, and... uh, Someone's got to be at the game. Someone has to be there to talk to a person. Right. You know, somebody has to feed that stuff in and, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: so. But it's... uh, yeah, it's 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 different. Things have changed a lot. That's for sure. I loved it when they, uh, we first started got, first got on computers, and I didn't have to type out uh, <laughs> s- type my way through six sheet uh, carbon. There was copy.
1: backspace buttons. Typing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. My my typing my typing even got better on computers, so it was good.
1: You've mentioned Bassett a number of times.
0: Oh yeah, Douglas. Yeah, Douglas. Yeah. He was the owner.
1: of well, the station. yeah,
0: the, uh, the the station was actually founded by Bassett's and Eaton's. Thus, oh. Bayton Broadcasting. Ah, and you know there, yeah. there were there other partners too, but uh, you know, Bass uh, Douglas was Douglas's dad. John started CTV. Okay, and then uh, and then Douglas took over from from John, and then eventually uh, they sold it to a larger corporation. I think maybe the Thompson bought it from the CTV Group. I'm not sure, and Bell, and then actually Bell bought it, then sold it back. And uh, bought it back again. As you know, I think at one time there was the teachers' pension fund mm. had a piece, and so did TD Bank, and and Bell had it as a partner. And then eventually uh, Bell bought it outright. Thing. Yeah. So
1: that must have changed your day-to-day operations. You know, on the one hand, you've got Doug Bassett, who you can Call and say, "Hey, can oh, yeah. I go to Las Vegas for the mm-hmm. fight?" Sure. Versus now you've got I don't know chains of people. It's a chain of command. So you yeah. Go, you go so to how the- did that change, like your job? Well, it was uh, you know well
0: everything changed because you know when when we when, when things really started to change is when we we started Sportsnet because mm. in the beginning it was CTV Sportsnet. Ah. I don't know if you call that, recall that back. in the late late nineties. We, we started okay. Sportsnet, and yeah, uh, that's right, that's right. It was CTV Sportsnet, mm-hmm. and when we started Sportsnet, uh, you know, that's when they killed the uh, Sportsbeat Today because there's no point in having Sportsbeat Today when you were trying to get drive viewership towards an all sports radio yeah. st- or TV station. That's so, um, so we started Sportsnet, and that changed everything. Some of the guys in our sports department, went to Sportsnet, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, then we bought TSN and the CRTC said, you can't own TSN and Sportsnet. So you have to sell one or the other. So we sold Sportsnet to Rogers. Mm-hmm. And and so now they we're affiliated with TSN. So that, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. So now we're not like, I, I still wasn't going to, to watch, uh, cover the Leafs when they're in the playoffs or the Jays were in the playoffs because we had TSN staff doing that. Yeah. so, uh, you know, our department shrank and shrank, shrunk, shrunk and shrunk until we until we got to a point where there was, uh, uh, wow, geez, I mean, uh, just the three of us, uh, Lance, Sunil, and me, and uh, uh, we have weekend producer, and that, that's about it.
1: So you're producing everything on your own, the three of you guys? Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, Sunil would have uh, help on the weekends. Did you ever want... Or did they ever ask you to go to TSN? Um, no, TSN. They they they
0: had their own guys. Okay. TSN had their own guys, and CTV had their own guys. They mm-hmm. didn't want to mix the you know like a, even though they were we were the same, even though we are the same company. Yeah. Uh, they didn't really want to. Um, um, do the crossover thing mm. you know they wanted people to know that you're a ctv guy yeah and they wanted people to know that you're a tsn guy yeah. uh i mean you know there were there are times for example when a big story was happening uh, for in the news they bring a tsn person to come on here and talk about it who was a sure. you know an expert a and specialist and, uh, yeah. yeah 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 but uh and and you know and i do fill in work on from on tsn from time to time you know like uh, do a Sports Center from from time to time as a sure. fill-in, um, and uh, yeah, so I mean there was some of that, but not not a lot.
1: Local sports coverage isn't anywhere. Well, not now. Not yeah.
0: There's no local sports, there sports no, coverage. There is no.
1: There is yeah. Wh- wh- I wh- mean
0: there's zero. So there. So when when CTV decided to drop their sports coverage from mm-hmm. coast to coast, that left a massive hole. I mean. You know, when you go to like some of the uh, you know some of the smaller venues, like smaller locations, you go to uh, Calgary or you go to Kitchener or you go to uh, Barry, and and uh, you know the Barry Colts are a big deal, the Kitchener Rangers are a big deal, the Calgary Hitmen are a big deal. Uh, they get lots of coverage by the local stations. They yeah, do. Okay. the University of Alberta Golden Bears get great coverage in edmonton uh, so they
1: still do okay
0: and not now
1: no it's not not, not anymore because there's no sports
0: there's so no sports because lo- all, any- all local has been all local cut yeah so what, what that happens now is is like how is the ohl going to survive how are these places going to survive without any coverage at all because nobody even knows about them hmm. you know unless you uh, listen to maybe the local radio station and some of those places but i don't know but uh you know it's 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 left a big void for for local sports yeah like even like toronto wolfpack eh? like uh rugby yeah 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 i mean they were starting to gain some traction i don't know what happens now because they never never going to get any coverage anywhere mm-hmm. um you know there's lots of, I mean, you can go you can go through the list of you know marley's 905 uh all those all those uh teams all those franchises uh all the OHL teams. Um,
1: is there a case all, to be made for local coverage?
0: Is there a case to be made? Yeah. Well, there's a isn't is there there's kind of like I think a an obligation okay to your viewing audience, mm-hmm. right? To cover the local the local sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's my belief, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously uh, the company doesn't believe that or things would be different right you sure uh but uh you know for uh, i mean i i don't have any regrets about anything right i mean i, I was it was time for me to, to retire anyway i was getting to the point where mm. i was good it was, was ready to retire and uh you know the situation unfolded and i got an opportunity to get a package and go and it, it worked out fine for me yeah but it doesn't work out fine for the local sports teams because, uh, you know, like I, I would cover OHL hockey every night. I would have highlights from mm. two or three OHL games every night. I would have highlights from, lo- uh, local university teams. I'll, 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 pretty much every Friday, Saturday, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd have, cause that's when they, they play mostly on weekends. And, you know, we, we'd, we'd go live from, uh, you know, the University of Alabama. Uh, <laughs> that's a long time ago. From the uh, you know, Toronto, uh, we'd go live and do it from the Toronto uh, Blues uh, hockey game uh, uh, from time to time or something like that. You know, it just, that
1: stuff's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask this, this question or this, this theme as um, mm-hmm. as a father. Right. I've got uh, an 11 year old boy. He turns uh, 12 on, on March 13th. Um, you, you lost a son, yes. Spencer, mm-hmm. um, four or five years ago. Yeah. It's, um, it was October
0: 8th, 2014. Tell me about Spencer. Uh, well, Spencer was, uh, he's beautiful. Mm. He was amazing. Um, uh, he, he struggled with addiction and, uh, he, Spencer joined the army and he started doing some drugs um during field maneuvers and uh he found that uh he found he got i, I don't know how he got, how it started but he started he took some oxycontin, and he found that he it made him like a super soldier was, it like pain, ke- was that
1: like was a pain
0: yeah like yeah and it's like he it didn't matter what the temperature was mm-hmm. what was it it was like he could do anything and so uh, and of course then he'd come off it and you know his, his 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 commanding officer would say what's what's wrong with you soldier are you on drugs and and then he'd get tested and it was, it wasn't on him but uh, eventually what happened is he he got addicted and and he uh um he got addicted to opioids and opiates and and uh he uh uh he eventually he died of a, an accidental fentanyl overdose mm. And, uh, you know, if you've, I'm sure you've heard about fentanyl, it's, it's, uh, it's a big crisis. You know, fentanyl, it's a crisis for sure. Fentanyl, carfentanil, uh, so much, uh, drugs are, are cut with the stuff, uh, from coast to coast and in the States and everywhere. And, and uh, it's, it's a, it's a devastating, it's a devastating drug hmm. that, uh, you know, has the ability to kill you instantly. And, uh, and it does that, and has for so thousands and thousands of young Canadians.
1: I, I you know, I, I there's as a father, there's tons of things that uh, that I worry about. I remember him when he was born, my son when he was born. You know, he was like the size of a football, mm-hmm. and I remember walking in the hospital, like you know, as I'm holding a football, mm-hmm. and at that point in time, there's no worries. You don't, you don't think. Mm-hmm. you know but all these responsibilities but over time you do and you know one of the things that i I get scared about are, are things like bullying yeah you know is he going to be a bully is he going to get bullied um you know he's he's now taking the ttc to school um and there's tons of things um and and i've you know as a father i, I don't know where i go from from uh something that you know so, something like what happened to you where 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 did you go as, as a dad well you know I, I uh, see
0: uh, I understand addiction I, I I'm recovered from addiction myself mm-hmm. and uh, for many years now and uh, I uh, you know I, I you know I understand what it's all about and I understand how hard it is to get off something I I know that uh, a lot of people just don't and just you know, it just doesn't. You know, that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that. Uh, I also believe that you know. Everything happens for a reason. Nothing happens by mistake in this in this uh, world. And and uh, I think that uh, you know, every experience that we have as human beings makes us uniquely useful to be helpful to others. Hmm. Um. I know that my wife and I are being involved with an organization uh, called uh, Briefed Parents, Brief Families, Brief families. families, and we're we're uh, we're we're involved with the brief Families of Durham Region. Um, that's a great organization. Uh, it's a place to go. Uh, you know, I, I was in a dad's group there. You know, with uh, with a bunch of other guys who are gone through the same thing thing as me. Uh, you know. Some in some cases exactly the same thing as me, um, and uh, there's something about uh, that, you know, have knowing just knowing that there's somebody who's gone through the same thing as you has a has a way of making you feel better, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know I, I I've I've had a chance to speak in a lot of different places to a lot of different audiences, I've been at capitol hill uh, and, and uh, spoken to uh you know at the uh, at a at a breakfast for veterans and and uh, you know had a chance to uh, share Spencer's story in a lot of different places and uh he he helps a lot of people. Hmm. Um, I've also uh, you know my brother lost his son uh, last, uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and my wife and I were able to be there for, for my brother and his wife, you know, mm-hmm. he was killed in a car accident, but, uh, you know, it just, you know, I say that our experiences make us uniquely useful. I mean, it does. And I, I, I truly believe that. And, 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 you know, it it's, it's something I wouldn't wish upon anybody. It's a horrible thing to go through. And there's, you know, there's a day doesn't go by where I don't miss him. And sure. There's, there's constantly, there's a piece in my life missing, right? It's like there's a piece in my life constantly missing. But I, I'm not always in that melancholy place where I where I miss him because, but I actually experience him in different ways in a different realm. And, uh, you know, and uh, so there's a, you know, there's there's a connection that I still have with him. Mm. And always will have, and uh, you know, if, if you're open to to seeing that and understanding that, then you anyone can have that that sort of afterlife connection to to their children or, or others or parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I, I'm certainly not the alone in in that experience a lot of people have it. You just have to be open to
1: it. That's mm. all. Are we doing enough as um, as a society to to help uh, to understand what can we do? What, what what more should we be doing? Do you think?
0: Well, I I think that you know there are there there is there is recovery from addiction and and uh, you know and there there has been for for quite a while now and 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 there are there are many people who who have recovered from addiction and and mm-hmm. they. Um, uh, they haven't really got much of a voice because the the anonymous uh, um, um, you know uh, angle, I suppose, uh, that uh, that uh, you know that exists in 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 uh, uh, the shame based disease of, of addiction or alcoholism, and and what what happens is is um, you know I believe there there is a way out and and, uh, and People just have to understand that there's a way out. And, and maybe, you know, as a society, we can maybe provide a lot, m- m- like, more, spend, send, use more public money in terms of, uh, of treating addiction uh, rather than sending people to, to jails and, and places hmm. like that, you know, send them to treatment because, you know, I, th- I think a large, a very large high percentage of those people in, 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 in jail you know in in North America are un, in jail because of their addiction you know when you're when you're in addiction uh, you know you do things that you wouldn't normally do and uh, you know if you if you're addicted to a specific drug you, you're, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get that drug and some of those things aren't legal right so you get in trouble and and, and, and so I mean society needs to change its focus and, and instead of looking at incarceration for people that are you know, our addicts and alcoholics, they need to look at uh, recovery options and uh, maybe spend more public money on those uh, those options. And, and uh, I think that would that would certainly put a, a greater dent in it. And, and, and ultimately, it would cost it would cost the, the population, you know, cost us as Canadians a lot less down the road because it, it costs a lot of money it, it, to put somebody in, in jail. Mm-hmm. And leave them there for long periods of time. It it costs a lot of money to put people through treatment, but a good number of people, if, if they go through a treatment that includes a, a recovery lifestyle, mm. rather than just a twenty eight days and see you later. Yeah, uh, but a recovery, it includes a recovery lifestyle and, and connection to other recovered alcoholics and addicts. Then then what happens is um, uh, those people you, you you precipitate real change, and those people. Um, Could help uh, you know others to change, and and uh, you know on and on and on and on and on, and a good number of those people stay sober, yeah, and clean for for a lifetime. Um, I know that the, in the states, for example, and you know, th- I mean, they've got a huge, a much worse problem than we do overall. But there are specific pockets. I know there's there's a there's a school I know in New England where everybody in that school is in recovery it's a high school wow everybody in that high school is a recovery high school mm. so kids with with a with a, an addiction problem they go to this recovery high school and and the and the you know and recovery is is part of the curriculum and so uh you know they've had ex- extremely successful you know Wow, uh, success extremely like high success rates with the kids. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's something to think about, right? For sure. And, uh, you know, it would be a, a good place to start, but you know, it, it takes a, an open mind in terms of uh, all levels of government. And, uh, but she's, I mean, it, uh, if anybody ever asked me, I can, I can help.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I want to end off talking about some people that you've worked with. Uh-huh. Um, so Lance Brown, you, you, both of you started, I don't know, almost at the same time. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I, I think I started
0: in I, July '84. Okay. He started uh, September '85 or yeah. something like that. Pretty close, but a year different. Yeah.
1: Tell me about Lance. Lance is a,
0: is a, you know, he's a dedicated family guy. He's uh, dedicated to his, his. He was, a de- I, I, I guess, the one word that you could use to describe Lance is definitely dedicated because i mean he 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 worked hard he you know he he was dedicated to the job and d- dedicated to doing the best job he could uh dedicated to his family um you know and uh that's probably the way to describe Lance.
1: nice um you reminded me of Jerry dobson I'd totally forgotten yeah, about yeah. him yeah, yeah but he was he was there for many many years right uh as well what was what was he like
0: well, Jerry was a funny guy. He was he was a kind of like a dry guy.
1: You mm-hmm. know, he,
0: he came off as pretty straight laced, but he had a pretty dry sense of humor. And, yeah. And uh and he could be quite a funny guy actually. And 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 uh uh but you know, he was good work with, you know. Um
1: you he always knew what you got with Jerry straight from the hip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember when it was, but I but I remember see when when Sunil Joshi first came on the air. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a, uh, an East Indian fellow that's on the air, and I looked. I go, there's a guy that looks like me yeah, yeah. on television. Yeah. Um, like broke barriers right away. Yeah. Um, and and he wasn't a token guy. He was he was he was really good. No, that's for at, sure. And what yeah. he what he was doing? T- tell me about Sunil. Well, Sunil is an interesting story. So he started
0: he 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 broke in in radio. Okay. Cfrb. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it was a long time ago. And then, yeah. so he was at CFRB. I mean, when I first started in Toronto, that's where Sunil was at CFRB. We'd see each other at uh, covering Argos and Leeson okay. and whatever. And uh, then uh, then he got hired at City. Mm Because back in the day, I mean, City was uh, was much more metropolitan yes. than anybody else. Like, you know, like I mentioned, when I, I had to change my name from Tillipaw to Tilly, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's how Toronto, uh, CTV was like, CFTO was like at the time. But City was, you know, they were, uh, you know, they they weren't like that at all. They were, you know, no barriers. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, no ethnic barriers at all. And it was, uh, and uh, so he got an opportunity there and did very well there. And uh, so an opportunity came at CFTO and, and uh, you know, Again, I, I, it was Douglas, I'm sure, who hired him and and uh, you know and uh, brought him over and uh, he did a uh, great job with us. Mm-hmm. Then he went. Sunil actually ended up going to to uh, Sportsnet and TSN for a time and you know and then he came back to us. Uh, he got kind of he had that overnight shift at TSN. I don't think he liked that, so he came back to us and and uh, worked uh, the worked worked the weekends again, but. Uh, but yeah, solid guy. Really uh, great sports knowledge, and, and uh, really, you know, you know, uh, definitely, uh, you know, always give give you full value for for your money in terms of work, right?
1: Absolutely, Joe. Thank you so much, man. Thanks My for pleasure, your time. Chris. Thanks for your candor. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks, sure. everyone. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, For more information about myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Kareem Kanji. Joe, where could, uh, I know you're not a big Twitter guy, but if people wanted to see what you're tweeting.
0: You can tweet at at Joe Swiss Tilly. Fantastic. Joe Swiss Tilly.
1: And you could also Uh, listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Would appreciate you to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. Coming up uh, on the show next week, we have... uh, award-winning author terry fallis and then after him we have former olympic medalist and new author jeremiah brown if you want to listen to more conversations like the one i just had with joe you can go back to episode 105 and listen to my uh, discussion with Faisal Kamisa. again thank you joe for coming really appreciate it absolutely my pleasure krim thank you